Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Miles, I got to tell you, the news that we've got to go through this week is so tough, so intense, we might not have time to make fun of Ludwig. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're uh, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I don't know. No, please don't say so. <sighs> Listen, Miles, you and I are from the old school, as Ludwig likes to point out. Really old school. When I think of government budgeting, I, I think of, of zero. I want to. I want to hear a a zero debt balance, and so when I watch this, I'm what I'm what I'm opining about, folks. Debt ceiling bill passes in the House, advances to the Senate, days ahead of the default deadline, and they call they have the I can't say that they have the nerve to say fiscal responsibility act, and I I I've been really squishy, Miles Bauer. I confess up front. I've been squishy about McCarthy since the beginning of his fascinating process of becoming the speaker. But when you look at the vet vote, 314 to 117 stood with uh, the Democrats in, in the, what I call the Biden deal. Um, but when you dial in a little bit deeper, keeping in mind that the Republicans hold the House. And yet on this McCarthy bill that he claims is a great success, 165 Democrats voted for it, 149 Democrats voted for it. Can I stop you for one second? Or jump in. And the reason I want to is when you said Fiscal Responsibility Act, they called that, I thought maybe this was one of those, like, don't say gay bills or Obamacare, where you thought that was a title. No, this is actually written in the bill. I pulled it up to make sure. It is called the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023. Oh, I know that. This is not hyperbole or just naming it. I, so, I don't. It's, that's it's, real. It's literally the Fiscal Responsibility Act. Yeah, I thought you were making it up. I, I find that absolutely outrageous. That we, and, they, and, and by the way, folks, the success is not that they were cutting back crazy spending of money that they extorted from hardworking people, but that they rolled back to 2022 expenditures. You, go, you call that success? How do you walk around in public without bowing your bowing your head in embarrassment? Miles, reel me in because I'm looking yeah. for candidates that want to get a hold of our out of control and unsustainable budget. Miles, help me out. No, I I agree, but the the one thing that you have to keep in mind is that McCarthy had to factor in the makeup of the Senate. And so if he actually had a bill that made real change, there was no way it was ever going to get out of the Senate. And even if it did, Biden would, would never sign it. And, and I, I agree with, with Miles here. And, and what I agree with, too, on that is, and, and you've said this multiple times, Mike, if both people walk away from the table feeling as if they didn't win, but they didn't lose, that's good for us. I like win-win negotiations. Yeah. That's what I've said. And, and, but here's the problem with that. It isn't we, the people, that are winning in these negotiations. We lose. They win. They get to run around and pat each other on the back and talk about how wonderful they are. We're paying for this nightmare. 
So folks, if you're wondering why you're paying crazy money for a loaf of bread, it's because they don't have this money that they think they're heroes for constraining. They're printing it and borrowing it. That causes inflation. This isn't rocket science. And it's not hyperbole. It's math. So It's just math. And, and I agree with you. Listen, I'm on board. Like, let's cut the spending. I love the Paul Ryan Act plan back when he was the speaker. Uh, you know, the 10 cents over 10 years or whatever. But, but, and I've said this about Trump. When he cut the deficit from $1.4 trillion to $600 million, or $600 billion, you guys were like, well, he didn't cut it. I'm like, you can't stop a speeding train. So the goal for the Republicans was to cut spending to pre-COVID levels. The goal of the Democrats was to increase spending beyond what we were at post-COVID levels. So this is a win, and fiscally a win, because we are cutting back the pre-post-COVID spending. Can you take a boulder and just shatter it with one tap of the hammer? No, you got to chip away at Listen, it. I, like, I like all those niceties. I get it. But here's where I differ, differ with you. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and by the no, way, we're going to pick on me today. We're, we're not going to pick on you. I, just, I jumped in thinking that. Uh, no, I, I, fibbed, I, fibbed, I fibbed to you. We are, we are going to pick on you. And if you were listening closely, you could have heard Miles chuckle, who's known me for 45 years. So he knows what I'm saying when I say that. <laughs> Miles, I, I'm, I'm with Lud on this, though. I do agree with him that you are correct, and, and the way you articulated it was perfect. He had to put through a piece of absolute crap to get the Senate to accept it. But what nobody ever has a conversation about, at least not since Ronald Reagan, is let's look at the executive branch department by department. This is how I run a business, Miles. When I ran a dealership, we, in average, had five departments. And I didn't go, golly, look, we only lost X. I went and I drilled into every single department. If I'm looking at the wash bay and I'm thinking, wow, the numbers are wrong. Is somebody stealing rags from me that we pay a lot of money for to dry off new cars? When I look at the, the body shop or the service department, I'm asking, are those bays turning the, the, the numbers that we need to cover our base? And where are we with gross profit? Do we have any? One department at a time. Nobody ever asks what these agencies, these these what I consider to be, by the way, unconstitutional departments, I, I can't find any founding father that would have said, yeah, we, we need a CIA, we need an FBI, we need an IRS. Folks, it's insane. But then when you start looking at the budgets for those departments and where they're investing your money in, because we get off these, my, like Brenda Brown, my sister, when you guys talk about $30 trillion, you need to dial it back and tell me, tell me what it means to me. It means what I've said before. If you take all of the government employees, state and federal, and put them all into one state, it's now the seventh biggest populace of all the states in the United States, and it has the highest income per per. you got to go, wait a minute, something's wrong. <laughs> when we say, well, but this one will pass, and that one, if you did it right, it wouldn't have passed. No, 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 no. We've got, as a culture, to start looking at these executive branch departments, by the way, most of which Congress has shedded any blame from itself to, so it doesn't have to take fiscal responsibility. It can blame it on Biden or Trump or whoever's sitting in there. Miles, same thing, again, reel me in, because when I watch this stuff after running a business most of my life, I, found it, I, I find it revolting, absolutely puke revolting. 
I I think this is a, actually hilarious because I remember six <laughs> years ago, yeah. you and Lou, you and Lud would look at me and I was talking about throwing bowling balls at people. Yep. And now it sounds like Mike that you're starting to throw bowling balls. <laughs> Listen, I'm Mike throw- always has. I'm throwing the same bowling balls I've been for a long time. Yeah. The only difference is, and, and by the way, that's somewhere in the show notes where I'm looking at DeSantis and Trump just clobbering each other. And I know Miles in advance, you're going to tell me when I get there, politics is a blood sport. But I sit back and I watched debates over this past weekend. I sat through, I watched a Jimmy Carter debate. I watched Reagan and Mondale. By the way, folks, I've seen most of them a half dozen times apiece. The difference, what I was actually looking for was the difference in the culture. The difference in the culture that was in the audience. The difference of the culture that was with the media. The difference between the candidates. If this what we're seeing now is our new culture, we're in trouble and it's way deeper than the budget, which is off the rails. So real quick, real quick in the last 30, 40 seconds we have here, can you guys agree that it's a positive that neither side feels they got huge victories, but neither side is completely devastating here? You keep pretending. No, because, I don't agree because with Because we stopped. You keep Remember, pretending. Remember, Biden said, I will no. not negotiate. Oh. I will not negotiate. We got him to negotiate. And to cut spending. He said no spending cuts. Folks, you got to stay with me because after this break, we've got to go in a different direction. But before this shows up, I'm going to take you to school. Folks, we'll be right back. Mike Hewitt here, trying to understand why companies are diving into fringe left politics? Inside 20 years, ESG has grown from a small social responsibilities initiative into a global force with more than $30 trillion in assets. ESG is the UN's environment, social, and governance arm, and it can make or break even the largest of companies. They evaluate those companies from a fringe left globalist perspective. Key U.S. retail markets have been targeted, placing high exposure companies between the devil and their customer base. ESG flexes its muscle by squeezing companies that touch our daily lives. Don't follow ESG directives? They can flip your company, follow their demands, and face product boycotts. And don't think it's just the private sector, universities, and so much more. We need to be less reactionary. Dig deeper. Global socialists win when they have us screaming about the problems they create rather than seeking solutions. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You'll like it. So here's where I'm going with this, guys, is I, I said, let use the Dodgers as an example with the attack on not only the attack on Catholicism, but the attack on, on nuns themselves. And forget, folks, forget your, I don't care what your position is on Catholicism or nuns or transgender, none of that matters. If you pause for a minute and ask yourself, why would the, why we get what the Dodgers did? We get it. We saw it. We don't need to be on social media 24 hours a day for a month babbling about it. We get it. We saw it. The bigger question is why. I do a deep dive on this. I'm, folks, I'm trying to understand. Why would they do that? Why would Budweiser, who a hundred and some year old company, they know their audience. Why would they do that? Miles, you first heard me use the term don't get mad at your money 35 years ago. These are right. common sense rationales, folks that they defied, and I ask, why would they do that? I flatly don't believe that somebody in marketing got off the hook 
and ran away. I flatly reject that. So I start looking into what is this? What is this ES gen? What is this stuff? Uh, it's it's absolutely over the top. Um, Ludwig, yeah. you're the oh, Miles. You go ahead yeah. first. No, no, totally. I mean, why would you buy a football team or a hockey team or a baseball team, and then you want to turn it into a political uh, platform? No, I watch sports because I want to escape for a couple hours the world. Exactly right. So if you look and you say, what were the percent of Dodger fans that wanted to see that show? It's got to be really close to zero. I'm sure there were a few that applauded like gangbusters. I get it. But the overwhelming majority did not want to see that and did not want to be a part of it. So I go, well, well, but Dodgers know that. Those aren't stupid people. Why would they do it? So then I look at ESG. ESG started out, far as I could trace it back, was to 2004. At that point in time, it was just an initiative to start advancing what... On, on these issues, and ESG, by the way, stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Issues. It is a United Nations-driven mechanism, and now it engages a whole bunch of financiers, financial investment firms from all over the world, not just you know the Dodgers down the street, but financial arms all over the You start Googling it or using DuckDuckGo.com in pursuit of the truth, you'll find it's everywhere, but that's fixed its fixed assets are well over $30 trillion. And so here's how the mechanism works. And Lud, you're the environmental or the, the uh, micro-macro-economics guy. So you can help me when I get through this and straighten me out. But when you start looking at what this organization with $30 trillion plus dollars can do, if you're a corporation and you're invested, you, you get your revenues and you invest them. So you've got X number of dollars that you've invested in markets. And by the way, folks, just to get your head around this, it may not be the corporate dollars. It could be the employees' dollars in their 401k packages, etc. But ESG has got enough dough that they can push those markets. So they can target Budweiser. They can target Target. They can target whoever they want to target. And they can flip those organizations, their, their corporate stock portfolio, they can flip it upside down. And they've got such control over stock investments that they can literally put people on your board of directors. So you and your grandfather started a business 40 years ago, and you don't want to play ball with those screwballs. Well, good luck, because if they decide you're out, the next thing you're going to know, you're going to have a couple of those weird-looking, pseudo-fake, obnoxious nun people sitting on your board. You're going, wait a minute, how'd they get here? This company is incredible, this organization. And it is the United Nations. And it is part of what they identify is under the, the, the primary tool underneath their umbrella that they call, not me, you can look it up, Lud, not me, it's not hyperbole. They call it global governance. So folks, and here's where I'm going with this. I'm not defending Budweiser. I'm not defending Target. I'm not defending any of them. But I'm saying the next time you you are on Facebook sharing your anti-Bud thing, remember that what you're actually doing by default is you're taking sides with the United Nations because they are taking our companies, companies that have been made America, 
and they're placing them right between financial disaster and financial disaster. So, Lud, straighten me out on this. No, I can't because here's the reality, and this is one of the biggest points, especially in like chapter one of 210, 211, micro, macro, introductory. And it's one of the big things, and I stress it a lot, dollars, vote. That's the reality. It doesn't matter really what kind of system you're in, the dollars, vote. And that's what they're using here. So this week we went into Pride Month. And I was talking to... Is uh, next month heterosexual Pride Month? No, you already have 11 months. I don't want to get hung up on this issue, but who in the world wants their sexual preferences to be an honor month? So this is where I want to go. Well, that's insanity to me. So I'm talking to a really close close family member this week. God bless them. They're wrong. No, no, they're right. Wrong. They're going to agree with you. (laughs) They're, they're, They're gay. And they said, I don't need to be celebrated. I just want to be normal like everybody else. Right. I said, but it's not your generation of, he's older. I said, it's not your generation of gay people that are pushing this. It's the new, I said, you're like the OG gay. That's what I told him. Tell them what folks what OG is. The old gangsta. Like, you're you're old school gay. Like you By the way, that's meant as an insult. OG? That's how it's used on social media now. Oh, to me it's not. It's like... I get it, but that's how it's used on social media. Oh, well, that's... Keep my, going. And so, you're right, I do agree with that fellow, so I stand down on what I said. Yeah, and... And he said the same thing that my friend Alan Biles says. Yeah. I am not part of the alphabet soup club. I just want to be American and left alone. Right. I said, but you're the OG gay. The new, the new gays want this more they're the ones pushing it i don't think they do i think the money behind the movement there we go that's what the discussion we end up with is the money behind it and as i was doing this i'm going through facebook and watching all these companies logos rainbow 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 and i'm like why do you have to change your logo to that to show that you support why don't your policies and practices as a business just show your support because if you don't support that community it's going to be known and just because you make a rainbow logo doesn't mean you actually support them. Right. Do your policies, do your hiring policies, do the way that you do business actually support the community? Or is it just because you change your logo to a rainbow? That that comes down to this ESG thing. It, it they is have the to ESG. show the support to, gain, to maintain their standing. The, but the ESG uses a credit score styled system. So they'll look at a corporation, Anheuser-Busch, and we'll use them as an example because they spent the last, as long as I've been drinking beer since, you know, I won't tell you when because you'll do the math and think I was a minor. But <laughs> for as long were. as I've been drinking beer, they were advertising with women that wore bathing suits. And by the way, nobody forced those women to get paid a lot of money What's the to be models. What's the of Budweiser, though? But, but hang on. And, and, and Budweiser's looking at this, and their score is terrible, which impacts their, loan, their, their, their stock portfolios. Folks, it even, it even impacts them going to get a line of credit. So how do we stop this? We stop it first off by informing ourselves. That's mm-hmm. why I'm on a rant about this. Because if folks don't know it, they'll keep aiming their, their anger at the wrong organizations. This is the United Nations that we as United States citizens largely pay for. And they're off the hook nutty. But they know yeah, but the only way to nice. beat us is to tear our economy down. Yep. Yeah, Miles, we're down to seconds, though. Yeah, I was going to say, but uh, Mike, since you and I have been kids, we've both known the U.N., is nutty crazy off the rails but they're more powerful and are better funded now than they've ever been that's exactly true miles bauer that's exactly true but man are they funded now folks stay with us we've got a lot more and we will be right back
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Folks, let me brag for a second. Our flagship is WHTC 1450 AM, 99.7 FM in beautiful downtown Holland on the shores of Lake Michigan. We're heard, heard through a number of states now, plus plus on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast and here at WHTC's podcasts. We genuinely appreciate you dialing in. And to our affiliates, we appreciate you carrying our show very much. Miles, during break, you made a comment about the Anheuser-Busch employee that initially pulled the trigger on that ad. Let's b- Before we get into the rest of the show notes, let's finish that topic up because I think your point off-air was important and we need to visit it. Yeah, no, um, they had an interview with the vice president of marketing who actually made that made that decision to go in that uh, direction. Right. And it was stunning to me, one, how woke she is, but two, I think it goes back to a point that I know you like to rant about. <laughs> Not me. What, what, what school did she graduate from? I, the, listen, what the, made her so woke? Any any tax funded state university in the United States, uh, they're all producing folks that think that way. But the other part of your question was off air, and I think it's a huge important thing: is who in the world in HR thought that they should hire that screwball? Yeah, and yeah, I, exactly. I, but but that goes exactly to the point I've been making with ESG. The the G part about governance. The actual term, if you look it up at the United Nations website, is corporate governance. Uh-huh. I got you, folks. You got to get your head around this for a minute. This is a big thing, because they're literally, literally taking control of corporate boards. So the boards that decide what their what their brand is going to be, the boards that decide what their employee culture is going to be, those boards, boards of directors that sit at the top of organizations like Target, like Anheuser-Busch, like whoever owns the Dodgers, they're literally plugging in those people by setting up a scoring system that if you score too low on it, you can count your money goodbye, your investments goodbye, your line of credits. And by the way, folks, Ludwig will tell you that if you're running a large business and don't have a line of credit, plan, plan on heading out. You're yeah. going to be done. You're, you're not solving it you're, all. You're probably standing in a bankruptcy line. That's why you don't have a line of credit. Yeah. And so ESG is having an impact on all of those things. So whoever the board of, the board of directors were that have reasonable minds, same with the Dodgers, those folks that sit there and have reasonable minds and they get that 99.999% of their fans don't want to, whether they're Catholic or not, they don't want to attack the church. They're there to play a ball game, to, to watch a ball game, to Miles's point. The reasonable people think, wow, what all do we have to do to, to fend these people off? Maybe if we let them to do one clown show, maybe if we let them to do one little thing, take the target, where it's a 125,000 square foot store, and on average, about a 10 by 10 section goes to pride. So they're trying to negotiate with the folks that they're forced to hire and the fact that they're being scored on these things. They're being forced to negotiate. I, listen, I go to a Target because I go to CVC for my medication, and it's located inside a Target. The very first thing I walk in front of, I'm walking through the main doors, the very first thing I see 
is a pride section. Yeah. I got to tell you, folks, I don't care if it's there or not. I, just to be honest with you, I, I, I just don't care. There's a lot of things at the store I'm not interested in, and that's on the list. I get why they're doing it. I'm not mad at them. I'm outraged that ESG is allowed this kind of power within the confines of our sovereign constitutional government. Uh, the United States, how are we allowing this kind of financial evil? It, by the way, speaking of financial evil, by definition, it is capitalist fascism. So so I'm, I'm, I'm slightly confused. I know you're shocked. And I, I want to make sure I can get this straight, because if I'm confused, I'm going to guess there's listeners confused. What we did with Bud Light, or not we, but people who drink Bud Light said, my dollar's no longer going to vote for Bud Light to be the king of beers. I'm going to now drink Miller Light. I'm no longer going to shop at Target because I don't like their 10-foot pride section. I'm going to shop at Walmart. That's the dollar voting scenario here. Yep, agreed. And that's what we got to continue doing? Here's the problem. It's the devil in the deep blue sea. That was the point I made in the first segment. Because here you're a corporation. And you, by the way, if you own the, if you own the Dodgers, before that happened, you know brace for impact. We've got a nightmare coming. It is the devil in the deep blue sea. Do you want your lines of credit stocked? Do you want your... your your, your corporate stock portfolio flipped? Do you want people on the board replaced with nitwits that would hire the lady that Miles Bauer was talking about? What, what, what side of this is the best nightmare? It's both a nightmare. Well, either way, they're going to have their stock portfolio flipped and their lines of credit revoked because if the dollar votes, and like we've seen with Bud Light, yep. it's down to the darn near giving it away. Listen, I rarely They call, no longer make profit. I rarely call for government intervention. But rather than me killing Budweiser with my wallet, I get it, by the way, folks. I'm not pushing back on you. I genuinely understand the frustration. But Mike Hewitt is taking a different tact. I'm going to be on the phone with congressmen that I know, like Congressman Bill Heisinger, going, who's sponsoring the bill that will stop them at our shoreline? They should not be allowed to come make our social, political, economic and who who are these people? So really, it's a that, two-step that, wait process. A minute, They're Mike, flipping our culture. Are you abandoning laissez-faire? <laughs> well, technically, uh, it's national security. It is national security, Miles Bauer. I got a way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just defend him? Dang it. jeez. Oh, <laughs> Folks, you got to understand, if you've been debating one person for 45 years, you're going to get some of it thrown back at you. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it's a two-step thing we're looking at. We need to get... Our local or our, our Congress people involved, as well as our dollar votes. Listen, I want them to protect us. I don't, to Miles's point, I am laissez affair. Absolutely. But this not. is a protected thing that the government but, can but, do. But listen, I think this goes to national sovereignty. Yeah. I, and then that's what I stumbled in my words a few minutes ago, trying to, you ever try to say something, you can't get it to come out right. I, I really do believe this is a sovereignty issue. The idea that they can come in and turn our banks around. So it's economic warfare. It is economic warfare. Therefore, the government needs it, to intervene. But then you say, well, what do they call victory? If this is war, we know what we call victory. That's where we get to live a normal life without intervention. What do they call victory? They say it right on their website, global governance. It isn't like I got to sit and scratch my head. They're not hiding from it. They want global governance. They do not want a Governor Bill Heisinger. They don't want a voter named Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. They want global governance. Well, good thing that Congressman Heisinger wants a voter like Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Miles, we got two minutes. you got to educate me on this. 
aside from the Liaz Affair thing, which that was good, by the way. <laughs> no, I mean, I by 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 the way, Lud uh, Miller came out with a commercial where they started breaking the pictures of girls in swimsuits. Yeah. Yep, I seen that, and it makes sense now. I think it goes along with what you're saying. They have to get their ESG score they, up too. They got it. They, listen, folks, it's Bud Light not, did it. Now Miller Light's got to do it. And it's not, but it's not just Miller. It's not just every. And by the way, this is not just the United States. This is Western culture. Yeah. So if you go to Canada on vacation, first off, I don't know why you do that, but let's say you did for funsies. Toronto's a nice city. And yeah, if you if you don't mind, you know, hardcore socialism, it's wonderful. Uh, what I don't get, what I'm telling you though, folks, is that this is true in Western culture countries. You can be in Great Britain, you can be in Canada, you can be in Germany, you can be wherever your little heart's gone, and you're going to see the same stuff, and it all comes from the same evil empire, and that is the United Nations. It absolutely is their ESG initiative. There's no question. It's not like, I wonder if I'm right, or 99% chance, it's none of that. It's 100%. That's where it's coming from. No, I never even heard of ESG until you brought this up, which is quite ironic because then I was listening to DeSantis this week, and he brought it up, that this is a major issue. And I, I never heard Trump say it. This I've never a, heard any other kids, but I never even heard it until you brought it up, and then DeSantis mentioned it, it in his listen, speech this week. It's a big deal. And by, by the way, I, I did a test on Facebook, so I put a story about ESG on, and then I put an anti-bud thing on. Yeah. The anti-bud thing got blown up, and the other thing, nobody read it at all. No likes, no nothing. It was invisible. Folks, we've got to get into why. What's obvious? We've got to get into why. Stay with us because we got one more round and we will be right back. All right, Miles Bauer, you and me, we've got to jump in the deep end on this one. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Trump DeSantis feud turns vicious. <sighs> this is from Axios.com. The things that they're, and folks, <laughs> like it or not, don't care which team you're on, or maybe you don't like either one of them, or you love both of them, or you're confused. Miles, you're not confused. You are you are a Trumper, correct? Yes, I am completely biased towards Trump. All right, I get that. I'm And, and by the way, you just scored yourself way, way beyond Fox, CNN, all of them. Because here you are as a news commentator and you actually admit up front what your bias is. Rather yep. than trying to report it, report it like it's a fact. You, This is my belief. and God bless you for that. And I mean that earnestly, even though I think you're wrong. <laughs> Here's the reason. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Listen, the reason I wanted to talk about this for a little bit was and this let out you can go whatever direction you want but when i looked at it it's the reason i mentioned early in the show that i'd watched a bunch of old debates i did literally i did do that and i in the 60s and the 70s both it's what i did for several hours this weekend and i it isn't desantis or trump that i'm debating right now um i i think they're both it's going to be a blood sport using your term your favorite term miles but the culture, holy smokes, we've we've got such a different culture than the arena that you and I grew up in, and way yep. more different than what your father and my father lived in, Miles Bauer. Right. I I, right. No. I don't know how that's sustainable. For ever for everybody when you disagree, it automatically becomes an ugly crusade of who can say the nastiest, meanest, nastiest thing. I, I don't we don't even treat Ludwig that bad and he deserves it. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> now, you know, to 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 be honest, I kind of smiled. Yeah. As to how how many times DeSantis stepped on his own blank. Yeah. Yep. Uh, coming right out of the gates, I mean, he just face planted, and and it's I only- I I actually enjoyed that. Now I know other folks may disagree with me, but. You know, I, I I'm just sitting here wondering who did did his advisors say we should start up on Twitter and it became a train wreck? I and listen, I'm going to tell you a thing that things that I'm hearing percolating, and folks, let me preface it before I say it. It isn't it. This is not a fact. It's not a anything. It's what's percolating within the political arena uh, from folks I know in D.C. directly. The inside folks. Are, are beginning to believe that the 2024 election will be a race between DeSantis and Grand uh, Whitmer, Governor Whitmer from Michigan. Exactly what She's I, not possible. Um, She's Canadian. Whit, Whitmer is not Canadian. Oh, Whitmer. 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 I was thinking Grand Home. Sorry no, to talk I, I, I misspoke because I put them both are, in Are you in serious? The, the Wicked Witch of the North? The Wicked Witch of the North. The nominee? Yeah, the, the commandant of, of Michigan's you know, statewide correctional facility, um, who, who I've been telling you all along, people on the left and center love her. Why? I don't know. But the way the story is being whispered is that Trump is up to his ears in legal drama, purposeful, almost all of it, or perhaps all of it, is utter political to anyone willing to look at the facts. Mm-hmm. I get it. My All three of us understand that it's all hogwash. But they are going to federally charge him within the next four to six weeks. So at any rate, the insiders are saying that at the very last moment, Biden is going to re- step out because of a health reason, and and the the new darling will be uh, what I affectionately refer to as Comrade Whitless. Well, if you remember last week, I said that. Yeah, but, but you know, I mean, uh, Mike. I mean, from what I've seen, um, the wicked witch of the North can't even debate. On a presidential level, I, uh, listen. She has I, problems debating on a gubernatorial I, level. Listen, I, I was just going to add that she was a little bit challenged in that arena. You and I agree, but then if we had Democrats sitting here in the studio right now, they'd be saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." But look at her election returns in both of her two statewide races. She won. What was on our ballot so this time? Um, listen, I well, get, what was on the ballot the first I, time? I get ballot initiatives, but that's all part of the mix. Of which side is getting their folks out to vote? See, I believe it's the, going to be yeah, Newsom. The Republicans you know did Mike, not, you know, and the Democrats did. Yeah. The the uh, thing I have to wonder about is that if you take away Oakland and Wayne County, yep. Where where is the wicked witch of the North? I listen. Here's the problem with that math. If you get out a state of Michigan map, you know the county by county, the way USA Today did it. You can sit and you can without any named cities. I can find Bay City, Saginaw, Flint, um, Battle Creek. I can go across the state in, in one or two spots up in the Upper Peninsula where they're not just blue. Just like Wayne and Oakland, they are deep blue. So it's not yep. just two counties. There's about seven counties that are, and three of them are the biggest, populace-wise. doesn't matter. The bottom line is is that she she won overwhelmingly for re-election, and that was after she told you that flags couldn't be used during the COVID era because they were non-essential, and you couldn't have victory seeds. Now, at the time, I'm thinking, you're Hitler. I'm not trying to be 
uh, you know, hyperbolic, but those the, the things that they rolled out as a COVID tax were Hitler-esque. And I'm not trying to be surreal or I'm and not you know shocked. What, I'm just you, telling you. you. You know what's really sad about that is that Tudor, Tudor Dixon was very ar articulate. She was, and a better debater in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and and a more sincere person. But when I say that, I gotta I gotta fess up for a moment. I got to know Tudor Dixon. I'd met her several times. I, hard as it is to imagine, but I've never had a sit down with Whitmer. Hard to believe she doesn't <laughs> doesn't want to sit down with me. But Listen, it shocked me. I said last week. Uh, but in fairness, Governor Snyder, the Republican governor before her. I don't think he liked me anymore. He might have disliked me more. Well, you didn't call him O. Snyder all the time. I called him O. Snyder because when the, someone would be articulating a policy, was that Obama or O. Snyder? <laughs> so anyhow, so whenever he saw me, he would avoid me. He'd walk walk away from a circle to avoid having contact La with me. Last week, I'm I, I'd said, proud of that. I had said last week, though, that Trump gets out, Biden drops out, and I think it's Newsom versus DeSantis. California versus Florida. Uh, female... Checks all the boxes. I can see that Newsom's got a lot of weight around him. He's got he's he he's you know part of being. He got recalled and still won. I I, I get it, but I'm and 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 listen, he, he's a good looking fella, but I think that she checks the right boxes. Oh, they want a female. Also, last week you guys asked if there was any outliers that might jump in the race. Yep. And uh, my son and I were just talking about this week and who he's going to support and who he's thinking, and he was going through a list of the people announced and some potentials. South Dakota's mayor. Governor. She's not real, though. She won't get any. I like her a lot, but she won't. Does she get in? Uh, no, I don't think she gets. If she does get in, it's just a, it's just a campaign for a cabinet post. Okay. I mean, I met her. I don't know her, but I met her. She's very, very nice, very all of the right things. Um, but I don't think that she has the financial. I don't think she can get the major donor money behind her with, with names like Trump in. Can DeSantis beat Trump, Miles, by... No. <laughs> Let me finish the question. I hate it when you hesitate, Miles Bauer. <laughs> I think that's the quickest you've ever answered anything. Can he can he beat Trump with his off the cuff, uh, almost passive aggressive comments versus just being in your face like Trump is? No, because you know uh, whether you like it or not, Trump is still a performer and. Part of the reason why Reagan was Reagan is that Reagan was a performer too. Is that what the position's become? That it's more of a It's a uh, popularity contest. But yeah, but it's just a figurehead. Let's let's uh, go back and think about what occurred during the Kennedy Nixon debate. Well yeah, he when, was sweating up a storm and looked old. Well, he was sick. Yeah, because he hit his knee visiting and, all fifty states coming and, out of the car. And he lost even if he won, he lost. Yeah. So, no, but I mean think about it. Kennedy won on television and Nixon won on radio. Yeah. And that was when politics pivoted and it became a more of a performance sport than it had been ever. Listen, I got to tell you guys, just before we get to the very end of the show, uh, as I call it a teaser, we are going to have as a guest, Victor Davis Hanson. We do very few interviews here. Um, but when I and you, if you've listened to the whole show, you know I get passionate on this ESG thing. Lud, you've had to drag me back a couple times. Having Victor Davis Hanson on, if you don't know him, he is a professor at Stanford. He is a fellow with the Hoover Institute. This guy is internationally known. It's a big deal for our show. 
because specifically because we want to get the answers to the folks, and this guy can provide it. Miles, you follow Victor Davis Hanson probably as much or more than anybody I know. Is that true? Oh, yeah. What's your opinion of him? Oh, yeah. No, I um, I wait every week for his uh, articles, which is the reason why I have brought him up on the on the show very often. Yep. Uh, l- listen, I think the guy's an intellectual giant. I do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not always in lockstep with him, but he always brings brings facts to the table. And, folks, I love facts. Listen, we've got to go. Please be safe. We will see you next week.